Hey everyone, welcome back to the human side of learning and talent technology. My name is Bennett Jensen. Laughing next to me for some reason is Chris Bond. And Tiffany Faulkner is with us as well. We're excited to have another episode about how we support learning and talent technology, our, our expertise, our opinions, our thoughts, our criticisms, and whatever in between of what's going on in the industry, the trends, the topics, and all that. So with me today, we're Tiffany and Chris, we're going to talk about and get back to the topic of fix it or ditch it. We spent a couple episodes before we talked about skills last about fix it or ditch it. We want to dive deeper. We saw a lot of um, comments and, and thoughts and, and um, opinions about that topic. So we wanted to dive deeper talking about evaluating the process, really going and how do you do that? What are the specific tactics and steps to getting to where you need to understand where you are to be able to fix it or ditch it? So today, uh, before we jump into that, it's a new year. 2020 is, is behind us, as I said last time. We all know that. I miss vacations. I miss going places other than spending 10 hours in my car to go somewhere, which yeah. is fine. Road trips are fun, but you know, you, you can only drive so far to be able to get back home and I can't drive to London or, you know, they haven't finished that bridge yet. So <laughs> um, we want to talk vacations first. Chris, what vacations did you miss out on, on in 2020? Did something happen to to your vacation plans? And then what are you planning on doing in 2021? You planning on going anywhere? Well, Traveling? Well, instead of vacation this year, we actually did a bathroom remodel, which I am happy to say the contractor's last day was on Monday. Oh. And so now I can go back to getting on vacation. Mm -hmm. However, we were supposed to have a big family trip to Disney World this past year. Didn't happen. Uh, had to cancel because of COVID. But we rescheduled it for March, so we're actually going to go in March and going to bear the brunt of wearing a mask all day and go have fun because kind of need to get out of the house. Time to get out and go around. But um, I'm sure we'll go to call it, drive to Colorado in the summer, and who knows? Maybe if the vaccine works and social distancing and the mask works and all that, we may find something fun to do in the in the fall time frame as well but you know uh, i'm with you kind of miss vacations mm -hmm. 13 hour drives to creed colorado is pretty nice but it's 26 hours round trip that's a lot of driving um and crazy enough i mean i used to fly 150,000 miles a year i have not been on an airplane since march 6th last year that's crazy which is crazy mm -hmm. i think i was on that plane with two of y'all yep. i think so coming mm -hmm. back from Vegas. Yeah, coming back from Vegas. Mm -hmm. So, which was not a vacation, but it was still fun because we got to go to the piano bar. But yeah, that's, even work that's trips a topic to Vegas still kind of feel like vacations. A little sometimes. bit. Sometimes. Yeah. We always have fun with At that. least for an hour or two a day. Yeah. <laughs> but vacations are definitely on the docket. Time to get yeah. out and, and live life and, and uh, have a little bit of fun and see things and see some people. So we didn't have anything planned last year. It was one of those, oh, well, once August gets closer, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Yep. This year, I think we're going to be more intentional. Um, I, I personally think um, some salt water and sand has been calling me for a few months now. Ooh, that so. sounds good. Even though I'm a redhead and I really shouldn't spend any time on the on the beach because there is a side effect to that. But Yes, yeah, <laughs> I understand that greatly. 
but lots of sunscreen always being in the shade and uh or underwater is is how you try to avoid the sun <laughs> oh i'm i'm definitely good underwater i haven't been scuba diving in a while that'd yeah. be that'd be a lot of fun so how about you bennett what are your big vacation plans well in 2020 i had a big trip with the family planned to israel actually um and that unfortunately got got postponed hopefully but maybe canceled not sure you mm-hmm. know that the international travel i think is definitely still out for for this year maybe hopefully not the whole year but uh, i would love to get back to that one day um miss being able to to see the world a little bit but i've had a couple road trips to colorado and oklahoma and you know going to the lake but would love to get on a plane and actually go somewhere yeah. go somewhere uh cool you know that i haven't been to before maybe mm-hmm. i think it's a possibly a good opportunity to see a new city because it's probably not as busy and and like you know crazy and you can actually get out and see things without being around a lot of crowds but that's the plan we'll see what happens but got nothing planned unfortunately yet but i think it's crazy back before march of last year we were i mean i think i was on a plane once or twice every single month Mm -hmm. and i thought i hated it and now i'm like Man, I miss being in this little box. What I would give for a hotel room with no kids and no husband <laughs> and nothing but quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you get us back to the topic of fix it or ditch it, uh, and and really get us started, set us up for for how we're going to go deeper and and understand kind of the evaluation process and and what that means. Yeah, great. We um, we actually got some really good feedback from uh, the podcast that we did around Fix It or Ditch It. Uh, and I know I've got a couple of emails from people that said, hey, can you go deeper? Um, and the question, the topic was, how do I begin to evaluate my current technology to figure out whether I should consider fixing it? Or ditching it and so that that's the point of what we want to get to in the podcast today is how do I go through that evaluation process what is it that I need to consider um, and driving into some of that detail when we help companies do that what we do is is we begin to go back to our center of excellence around learning and talent management there's seven key elements to that mm-hmm. uh, and I can say them really fast but I'm gonna say them slow to make sure we go through this First, you got to look at the user experience, content, content's relationship to the learning and the talent system. And we'll talk about content in both those aspects. Administration, how easy or how difficult is it to work through that? You've got to look at the technology. You've got to look at process, data, and reporting and analytics. So to say that quick, it's UX content, admin technology, process, data, reporting. That's the focal point uh, that you want to use to begin to evaluate that. And today, we're going to go dive down and look at each of those elements and talk about what are some of the key components that you need to look at around each of these items in order to be able to say, hey, this is in a great place where I believe with some adjustments I can fix it, or there's really nothing I can do here, and we'll give you some of those clues and I need to ditch it. I need to go find another piece of technology to be able to help me with where my business is going. 
I think we're hearing more and more in 2021 that, again, like we talked about last time, CEOs, CFOs, business leaders are all coming in and saying, hey, I have to have more information on my people. I've got to look at how I develop my people, how the people are being developed. I need to have the right skills. I mean, the idea of learning and talent now becoming core to the business is something that's becoming more of a reality which is going to be pressure on everybody that's running that learning and talent technology. So it's now's the time to go evaluate this. And even if you don't think you have budget to do it, you better evaluate it because if you don't, somebody's going to come ask the question and you're going to go, um, we don't want a numb answer. We want a correct answer. Sure. I want to add a little bit about our center of excellence uh, methodology and why, how, how we look at those seven core areas is we look at it as a wheel and they're not standalone objects. Usually, usually there's some sort of overlap. It's almost always you get into a conversation with a client and they say, actually, I have a problem with the technology. It doesn't X, Y, and Z. Then we dig in a little further and there's actually an underlying data issue where if we could correct that, we could get the technology to do whatever it is they need them to do. And so I I like to to point out to clients that they have to think of it as a wheel. And if one of those pieces are, are missing, Mm-hmm. The will has no integrity and it, it can't do its intended job. So um, I think that that's the key thing when you're looking at those seven key areas. If you identify one area, where was the overlap so that you can you can work to begin to um, make an impact to the current gap or issue to, to make the will stronger? Yeah, I love that. You're right. If, if six out of the seven elements are great and one's bad, don't go ditch the six that are really working for you. Let's go fix the seventh one to make sure that that that's that that's the right solution. Yeah, that center of excellence. You know, we've been we've been really driving that, and, and, and that's been the basis of our methodology for a really long time now. And I think we tell a lot of clients. I think it's interesting that you know we do all this. We're experts at all this, but we don't have to do it for you right. for it to be successful, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. something that it just needs to be integrated into everything you're doing and something you're thinking about with every decision you're making is, yes, I'm very focused on UX today, but how is that going to impact process and data and reporting and, and all those different pieces? Uh, because if you're not thinking like that, then you get siloed into fixing the UX and then six months later you realize man, I fixed the UX. The UX is incredible and users love the system, but my admins are killing me right now because Mm -hmm. I didn't focus on reporting. I forgot about being able to track Mm -hmm. all these changes and what are the impacts are. So I think that's really interesting. So Chris, with that being said, maybe can you dive into one of those pieces of the wheel and give a very, you know, detailed example of say, you know, for any of them, I'll just say for process or for UX, I've got this big issue. How do I go tackle that? How do I evaluate it, figure out where the underlying issue is, and then begin to be able to kind of roadmap what that mm-hmm. fix or ditch or, or movement towards the, the end goal looks like? Yeah. So let's let's start at the beginning of the wheel, which is user experience. Um, and I think that's a, there's a lot of time and a lot of tension that's being given to user experience. Mm-hmm. And my UX is either great, my UX is average, my UX is poor. And people begin to, to look at that experience as a critical reason why the, you either have engagement, 
and you have high utilization in the system or you have low utilization inside the system. So part of this is going to get back to the fact that you need to study a little bit deeper. Uh, I was on a call with a group yesterday and one of the individuals was did an amazing job at mapping out all of the user experience over 2020 and when was it high or, or the interaction when were there high percentage of logins when were there low percentage of all logins uh, when was ux changed or modified how did that map to it and what does that look like and it was a really really interesting study now the depth that he went to i wouldn't recommend that everybody has to go through but what you need to understand is what are the impact points of user experience you've got to go out and survey and ask your people What's working, what's not working in terms of the experience? And I think when you begin to dive in, you're going to find a couple of things initially. Uh, and, and the evaluation is critical at the beginning. One, too many clicks. Two, mm -hmm. it's really difficult to find what I'm looking for. And then even when I find what I'm looking for, I'm not really sure if that is the real thing that I should be taking. Um, is it relevant to me? Uh, how is that defined? What does it look like? So when we think about user experience, you can't think about just that flat front page uh, oh, no. on the front end because we saw a lot of people in 28 and 2019 that were spending a lot of money to go, I'm just, it's going to look better. I'm going to change buttons. I'm going to change terminology. Fantastic. But all they did was put the put a new face on it. Mm -hmm. In 2020, we saw a lot fewer people that were looking at putting a new face on it and more that we're looking at the entire user experience and the underlying process. How do we begin to shortcut items in order to be able to say, okay, I got a big button on the front page that's going to tell you this is the next step in your career path. Push the button, take you to the course, make it work. So it's not the front page, but it's the underlying elements of user experience that become critical. So that evaluation piece is first of what, you, what your users believe that they need. The second thing is really beginning to look at your technology and finding out whether you're capable of being able to do that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the learning and talent systems that are out there today have great capability and it's really ramped up um, of being able to do a lot of the visual. But can you change the workflow? Mm -hmm. The change in the workflow is what's critical. And this is a moment to where you begin to evaluate and say, if the feedback from my users says it's really not about the front page, it's about what happens when I move beyond the front page and its workflow, then you have to go evaluate your system based on workflow. That's part of the user experience that you've got to go through to be able to understand, can I simplify, can I modify? There are some learning and talent systems that are out there that provide you some capability to be able to go modify workflow. And then there's others that don't. If you're in a position to where that system, you can't modify workflow and the workflow isn't working for your users, then you need to seriously evaluate whether that's the right technology for you or not. But when you evaluate that technology, just know that your evaluation of potential replacements may come back with the same answer of the technology that you've got today. But when we talk about user experience, yeah, the front page, that is fantastic, go make it look great.
the underlying workflow is really what you need to evaluate. Can I change and modify to meet the needs of my user? Perfect. I was going to say when you're evaluating the capabilities of the technology, it's does it do it now and it's just adjustments in the way the technology set up or is it something it will do? And it kind of goes back to that technology roadmap. And I think um, a lot of times that's um, underutilized or even underestimated for some some vendors. And you know, you you and I were talking, and it's it's about the consistency of their roadmap. Mm-hmm. So as you're trying to optimize something, I think we talked about in a few episodes ago that you can't do it all in one swoop. You have to have a plan to take it piece by piece. And if that's the case, if you're planning how to correct things, and you look at the roadmap and and the capability you need is coming, you know, roadmap internally what you're going to be doing inside of your your optimization. But part of the optimization should be, does it do it now? Does it have the capability now? Or will it have the capability soon? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that um, even when you begin to look at it and say, hey, the capability is going to be soon, as you begin to go evaluate vendors, which will be a different conversation, mm-hmm. different podcast, but when you evaluate vendors, you got to be always really careful about looking at that roadmap because roadmap does not always mean this is actually what's going to show out. It's a roadmap. It's a guide. It's a path. It's not necessarily the end answer. Oh, sure. Um, and so you've got to be careful about that. But I think whether you're looking at your current vendor or you're looking at potential new vendors, roadmap is something you take into account, but discount it based on what, you know where you think reality is and, and how things begin to work. But Always start with that user experience because that is the most critical element in evaluation to begin to understand, can we meet the needs of the users in order to drive engagement in the platform and technology? Um, but I'll tell you, the, the second one for me is content, mm-hmm. and content's king. It doesn't matter what learning technology mm-hmm. or talent technology you have. If you don't have the right content, then it doesn't matter how good everything else in the system is. If you don't have content that's organized well, that's easily accessible, that fits into career path models, you're going to struggle. The days of, hey, I'm just going to go buy a huge library and load 20,000 courses in the system, is kind of a so what? Mm-hmm. I, I got 20,000 courses. But but what are you doing with those 20,000 right. courses? How are you actually assigning them to people? What does that begin to look like? So again, on the content side, a couple of core elements that you've got to begin to look at is, you know, you have to evaluate constantly. Do I have the right content in the system? Have I organized the content in a way that's going to make it easy for my end users to be able to consume do I have access to be able to integrate external content into my technology? And one of the reasons we see the rise of the learning experience platforms or LXPs is they do a great job of scanning the universe of available content and allowing you to go take that and track it to give you more data and information. Does your current system allow that expansion to be able to go look at content, not just that you created or you bought from you know, a content vendor, but how do we look at that in a bigger picture? But if, if we look at everything that we might help a client with or clients have issues or the struggles with, content is 
the number one thing Mm -hmm. because it really wraps into the bigger bucket of, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do inside the system? It's really driven by content. And the evaluation is really important in the fix it or ditch it because if your content's not in a great place today, just going buying new technology is not going to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. I know people that have moved from... You know, one of the leading vendors on an LMS, and they said, I'm moving to an LXP because it's going to make my life so much easier. Well, they moved what was broken over to the new house, and it's still, still broken. broken. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this didn't really help. It's just a different way of doing things, and I get some more capabilities. But am I ever going to drive the value out of it that the business needs? The answer is no. you got to go organize around that. Mm-hmm. And, Tiffany, I know you and your team, I mean, y'all are in the content cycle and the content wheel, either from an implementation or what happens after go sure. live on a regular basis. So, Yeah, we've worked with some clients where we've done some um, – you know, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of work with them to, to put a compliance process in place that was really super easy. They were manufacturing clients, so people weren't just sitting at desktops or at, at their laptop. Make it super easy for them to get the training done. And, and what came back out of one of our workshops later in the project was, but can you make the training fun? Can you, there are these PowerPoints that we've had for all these years. We already, we already know what they, they say, but can, can we make it engaging? Can we make it fun. And so while they had the PowerPoint and and the compliance training and we put all the pieces around it and it was great, it was actually down to the content that the people were reviewing where they were actually having an adoption problem with their compliance um, rates. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, content, content's king. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to get the content right for the technology. And boy, if I were willing to go make an investment in doing something in the fix it or ditch it world, and I looked at content and said, this is an area of concern, I sure would rather go spend more money organizing and adapting and dealing with my content Mm -hmm. than I would just buying a new piece of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. But one of the great things about content is if you are ahead of the game, if you will, on content, especially in-house content or third-party content, typically you're able to any technology will support great content, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. just all about the strategy of, of building that great content and then delivering it through whatever technology you use. And one of the cool things about the industry that, that I think has been really evolving over the last year, two years, is the vendors are starting to focus on content as well, mm-hmm. the, the technology vendors. They have their own content services or content libraries, or they're really opening up the capabilities to integrate with a whole list of third-party content providers, even having content authoring tools inside of the system. Mm-hmm. So there's a, definitely a focus on content, not just from a true content provider mm-hmm. or LXP, but the, some of the big vendors are, are really f- seeing that and focusing on it too. So I think hopefully as, as the technology evolves and progresses, the, the concept of content and being able to support content is a little easier in, in, the, in the you know ecosystem. But it's still, you're right, content is king. If you don't have good content, if you're not acquiring good content or developing good content, what are you, you, know, what are you even really doing here? Yeah. But if content is king, is data 
queen or parliament or <laughs> what, is, what is data? Because I think data is really important too. And integrations, and we talked about content integrations and yeah. LXPs, and you're adding these new um, features and functionalities and technologies to your greater ecosystem, your learning ecosystem. So talk to us about just data and, and, and really focusing and evaluating data and understanding you know, how that all plays in as well. You know, I, that's a really interesting way you asked that question because it made me think about things, something in a different way. Externally facing in terms of who you're serving as your internal client, the two most important things are user experience and reporting. And, and I will tell you, I will still believe, and I believe this 20 years ago when I first saw, or 24 years ago when I saw my first learning management system, that the only reason to have one of these pieces of technology is because it provides great information to make business decisions. Mm -hmm. So user experience and reporting or analytics, dashboards, you can throw any of those pieces in. Those are the two most important externally mm -hmm. facing items that you've got to work on. But then the next two that are the most two important internal are exactly what you said. It's content and it's data. Because if we don't have the right data, if we don't have the right data from an HRIS system, if we don't have the right data to help us assign content the right way, if we don't have the right data flowing from different systems that are connected to what we've got, which means right integrations, integration in the dirty word, it's a, you know, it's it's something that needs to happen in order to be able to flow data around mm -hmm. the system. If you don't have the data organized the right way, you're never going to be able to use your content properly. And if you got your content misorganized, you're going to create a lot of bad data. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the foundational aspects of any system is really going to be content and data. Externally, reporting in UX, but you got to get the content and the data pieces right because if you don't, then it doesn't really matter what your your admin process, your technology process, or your your internal kind of operating processes are, they're going to really, really struggle. And you mentioned reporting and, and data here. So I, I'd like to point out too, is almost always when I hear a client has a reporting problem, it's never a reporting problem. It's the way that the data comes into the report. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to go back and do some work so that we can we can get the right information into the report. It's almost never the inability to report. It's just you don't have the right data to report on. Yeah. Or inaccurate data or dirty data or, boy, I, I know people that we see all the time that have been inside their learning talent technology, um, that the data is one of the things that creates most problems. I know you, Bennett, you and I were working with a client here a couple of years ago, um, and we were looking at their systems, and you kind of got down to the nut of, why isn't this thing working? Initially, we thought it's UX and reporting, but you really got into it, and it's data. Mm -hmm. It's data, data, data. Um, we've seen a lot of HR systems that were implemented. We're just going to implement it really quick, mm -hmm. right? We're going to implement it really quick, and we may not be accurate on data. In fact, one of the worst pieces of data coming in and out of an HR system is what? It's job role or position, mm -hmm. right? Or how many different job codes do we have? Well, how are we going to be able to go track that? Mm -hmm. I know we worked with a, a bank one time where literally with 20,000 people, they had 9,000 job codes. 
I've worked with some clients that have more job codes than they have employees. More Mm -hmm. job codes than employees. This is the definition of dirty data, Mm -hmm. uh, of data that's not going to help you operate the system. So you've got to work on on evaluating that. Now, some piece, I just want to get into the data element here real quick. We're talking about evaluating fix it or ditch it. You're always going to have to fix your data if you're moving to a new system. Otherwise, it's the same piece, right? It's broken over here in old. We're going to move broken to new. It's not going to improve the process. You've got to go through and you've got to work to really make sure that you understand and you clean up the data and you simplify the data that, that's inside your system. However, there are some technologies that limit the amount of data that you can actually use in order to perform functions over on the content side. And so if I'm limited to 15 to 20 different data fields from HRIS or from other systems, that may not be enough information for me to be able to use content the right way. It might not also be the right number of data fields to be able to go do reporting Mm -hmm. in the way that the business needs to see it. So there are limitations in some technology that could keep you from achieving what your goals are. And that's a moment to where you begin to think about, well, maybe I got to go look at ditch it because I'm limited in terms of the capabilities of what can happen from the data side. Mm -hmm. So... It also plays back into the reporting because here's another fix it or ditch it on the reporting and analytics. Yes, every LMS, every learning and talent system, every HCM system has reporting. How easy is it to use that reporting? It depends. It depends. How, it depends. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all did this like almost at the same time too. We are concerned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how easy is it to use the reporting? Are there real templates that are out there that are giving you information that's more than utilization? Yep, people use content and they complete it on this date. Do you have anything that's really providing you more information about the employee? You've got to go look at those reporting tools and evaluate them. Are they built in a way that they're quickly giving you a lot of information or is it just kind of a, blob that's sitting out there that says you can go do whatever you want to with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some difficult things to be able to work through. There's some learning and talent technologies that are out there that are beginning to skinny down and eliminate the reporting capability and saying, just export it to Power BI or to uh, a database and go run SQL reports. I've even heard Crystal reports coming back up as a key reporting tool on a couple of vendors. And I'm like, wow, that's returned to the 2000s sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you're evaluating that reporting tool, you have to combine it with data in order to begin to look at this, right? It's what are the capabilities of the tool are one thing, but are the capabilities of the tool match with the data you're collecting? Um, and sometimes those things don't happen. There, there are actual gaps in there, and those are other moments that you'll have from a fix it or a ditch it is my reporting tool is so confusing, I can't do anything with it. Um, That's- I want to think about ditching it. That's what I was going to mention. Any number of those things that the vendors do aren't necessarily wrong. You have to evaluate if they're right for your organization. Yes. So here's a here's a reporting tool 
you can do it. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm not going to um, keep you, you know, um, limited to our reports that we've built. That may be great, assuming that you have administrators inside of your organization that understands the data access that you have inside of the, the LMS and how to leverage that to get what they need out of the reporting tool. Um, it may be that, hey, the, you may be a small enough company that the, the limited reports that you get from the LMS is all you need right now. And then you may be a sophisticated enough organization that's large enough where you already use something like a Power BI. And so, hey, yep, let's pop it in there. We've already got a process and a team who handles that stuff anyway, so it makes sense for our organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think all these things really, as we mentioned, it's the wheel. It's mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do um, without one piece of the wheel to be able to have full integrity and get that get the whole process working. So um, evaluating all of those pieces is, is really the place to start, and you know, hopefully these examples have helped provide listeners more context around what that means, where they may be stuck and where they mm-hmm. can get uh, help or, or, or at least guidance on, on where, to, where to begin through this process. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we're going to be diving even further, adding a new wrinkle to the fix it or ditch it um, thought process, if you will, uh, and go, go into, well, we don't need to fix it or even ditch it, we need to add to it. We need to build an ecosystem. We need to add technology to support our greater technology, an LXP or a mm-hmm. content management system or you know, Power BI integrating a, integrating a reporting tool and to be able to capture that data. So we're going to dive deeper into the, the learning ecosystem, uh, what it means to build an ecosystem around your learning man- management system or talent management system and, and uh, everything in between. So... Like I said, hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully we've been able to, to dive into Fix It or Ditch It even further um, and set that foundation for the evaluation of technology. And look forward to, to giving some more information next week. Hope you've enjoyed our, our podcast today. And uh, if you do have a vacation plan in 2021, keep it, do it, go, even if it's just a drive or a yeah. quick flight or a flight across the country or pitching a tent in your backyard. Just take some time and enjoy 2021 and hopefully the three of us will too. Yep. Thanks again. And we'll catch you next week on the human side of learning and talent technology.